0: listening to Hello Vancouver. I'm your host, Temple Lentz. Thanks for listening. On today's show, I'm speaking with candidate for the Port of Vancouver Commission, Chris Green. There are two candidates for this race, and I'll be speaking with his opponent, Don Orange, on next week's show. They're both going to get equal time to talk about their positions. Now, a port race isn't usually something that's very exciting and that doesn't capture the hearts and minds of many people. But the Port of Vancouver, a few years ago, signed a lease with Tesoro Savage, now doing business as Vancouver Energy, for a project that would build the largest oil-by-rail transfer terminal in the country at the Port of Vancouver. This has been an incredibly divisive issue for uh, Vancouver and Southwest Washington as a whole, as people firmly take sides for and against it. Right now, the process, uh, the port has signed the lease, and right now it is with the FSEC, which is the Energy Facility Siting Evaluation Council. It's a state agency. And they will make a recommendation to the governor about whether or not to approve this project. Now, a couple of years ago, there was a race for another seat on the port commission, and the oil terminal became the key factor in that race. It's pretty much the same story this time. We have two candidates, one who is firmly opposed to the oil terminal and one who uh, claims not to be for the terminal so much as for the process of citing it. Uh, That is Chris Green, who I'm speaking with on this week's show. And uh, at the time that we recorded this, on October 10th, he had just made public that he had received $230,000 in uh, donations from Tesoro Savage, Vancouver Energy, the oil company that is trying to get the, the terminal at the port. We talk about that in this interview, among other things, and his position on the oil terminal. Since we recorded this interview a few days ago, and at this point in an election cycle, when the election is less than a month away, lots can change overnight. So we don't know what will necessarily have changed in the race by the time this airs. But at present, uh, Chris and I talked about uh, the money that he received from the oil company for his race, uh, where he stands on the oil terminal, and why he considers himself a good candidate. Here we go. I'm joined now by Chris Green, candidate for the Port of Vancouver Commission. Chris, thanks for joining me.
1: Hi, Temple. Thanks for having me.
0: So we talked a few months ago, well before the primary, uh, just in general about the race. And now that we are coming up on the general election, wanted to circle back around. And for the, for the folks who didn't hear our first interview wanted to know if you could just tell us a little bit a little bit about who you are and why you're running for the port.
1: Great. Yeah, I'm really excited about running for commissioner at the port uh, for district 1 representing district one. I've been a resident in Clark County in uh, East Vancouver for almost 20 years. I'm married to my wife, Janine, for almost 25 years this March. Yay. And then I've got three great kids that have all grown up or not grown up yet, but they all have attended the Evergreen School District. I'm a local business owner. I have my own insurance agency in town. I've been in the insurance industry for almost 25 years, risk management industry. Um, i've uh, uh, been very active in their community. I've run several uh, committees I've served on several committees on, at the city uh, as well as the East Vancouver business Association been past president of that for many years uh, very active currently as the governmental affairs director. I also uh, ran the uh, Evergreen School District Foundation for a number of years and have been active with that group. Um, very active also with my with my church, St Joseph's Catholic Church. Uh, here in town. So,
0: so what led you to run for port commission?
1: Um, I had been uh, very interested in getting into my into political life because I want to have a larger role uh, in helping to develop family wage jobs. Uh, so, I took a look at county councilor. I took a look at city um, council for a number of years. So, I t- I found out that. Uh, Brian would was not going to be uh, running again; uh, that he was going to give up his seat, and I thought that this would be an, a perfect opportunity for me to get involved in in the commission race. Um, specifically, one I love the fact that uh, my background is towards risk management, so safety issues at the port are, are very important to me and they fit right into 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 my uh, tool bag, so to speak, um, as well as you know communicating with people and developing those long-term relationships that are so crucial when we're looking at at, 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 uh, uh, an organization that really... uh, depends on strong relationships in the community, so it that position just fits perfectly in my opinion with my background so as as a manager of people as a as a as a, a business person who knows how to you know build a business and uh, how and run successful businesses, I think that the tools that I have in my in my tool chest are going to be very well uh, applied at the port.
0: So talk a little bit about uh the role of the port commissioner what uh what is the job and I asked largely because until uh the oil terminal issue came up a couple of years ago you know, a lot of people didn't even know we had a port in Vancouver, let alone that there's a port commission. So they uh... still don't. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, when you take a look at the statistics, over 50% of the folks out there still don't know what does a port do? Yeah. And what does a commissioner do? A commissioner really oversees and helps to guide the the CEO uh, and the organization, the port organization. Our port is a very unique port. It um, It is uh, I think it's number 4, the fourth largest port currently on the West Coast. It used to be the number 1 largest port on the West Coast for many, many decades. Um in any case, um basically what the commissioners do is we work with staff. And in in where our port is unique is it's more of a land manager than anything else at this point. Yes, we have ships that come in and we move commodities up and down the river. Um, all different types of commodities um, up and down the river but we also have 50 tenants down at the port and those tenants lease land from the port and lease buildings from the port they also employ 3200 families or uh, family wage jobs and that in itself is where a commissioner can come in and kind of guide those relationships and also taking a look at the future how does the port grow well the our port will continue to grow by us developing properties on and and off-port uh, property so one of my concerns um, right now in our community is we have 99.4% uh, occupancy rate for businesses that are looking to move to Vancouver or the the district and um, And we have an issue where we don't have enough space for them because of that 99.4% occupancy with building spaces between about 3,000 square feet up to about 25,000 square feet. So we're behind. Uh, We don't have enough space to attract or to keep those businesses coming so we it'll impact us as as time goes on over the next three or four years because we're not able to provide the jobs that our community needs
0: and just to ask a clarifying question on that when you talk about being at uh at, at that occupancy rate and capacity is that on port property or like the city of vancouver as a whole or it's actually
1: what? it's actually clark county okay okay And okay. i've talked to a number of commercial real estate agents about this and that's what they're telling me it's not just it's a it's a regional. Issue. Um, And the more that the port can take a look at opportunities on and off port to develop properties, and that's something that I would direct our staff to do. Let's take a look at perhaps the Chalachi Prairie Line. Governor Inslee just signed a bill that Linda Wilson had proposed that allows Clark County to um, uh, convert agricultural land to light industrial type high-tech type uh, land development. And we have a a gem up the Chalache Prairie Line up to about Battleground, just a little bit south of Battleground. It will take a lot of communication with a lot of entities, Clark County, City of Vancouver, City of Battleground, perhaps even the Ridgefield uh, port, um, and then also local land developers, because I think it's important that we partner with them, not compete with them. Um, And I've talked to so many people, Temple, over the last since last time we talked. This is an exciting opportunity. People are really they want to hear more they want to talk about it more and and take a look at at that opportunity because we can perhaps build it out over a five or six year period and bring three or four thousand family wage jobs not to mention um, you know our labor force um, the unions for example they they want to be a part of this community and have those family wage jobs available for their members
0: one of the, the new things that the port has taken on in the last couple of years is the redevelopment of Terminal 1, which for folks who don't know what that is, is down essentially like where the old red line at the key uh, was, right. right there by the foot of the I-5 bridge. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are What's your take on the development happening down there?
1: I'm really, really excited about the development. Um, you know, the city, BNSF, and the port have spent $225 million dollars, to improve the rail line and move it away from the waterfront so there's more space to to develop down at terminal 1 and the city's waterfront the projects are going to be they're going to be a destination people are going to want to come to Vancouver just to see what's going on down at the waterfront. We have Warehouse 23 right now and over time that will be converted and rebuilt uh, to a beautiful structure. It's going to be a marketplace, uh, a wonderful place to bring your family, you know, guests that are coming in from out of town. Uh, The port has already signed a contract with Festa to build a a, a beautiful three-plus star hotel and it's going to include all the parking for that hotel. with all the excitement and all the beautiful things that are coming to terminal 1 my concern is we don't we won't have enough parking um so i propose that we take a look at building two large parking structures on the north side and south side of that rail berm not only does it create a safety buffer but it also provides a destination or a parking for folks that want to come to our destination you want to make people mad build a beautiful destination with no parking (laughs) it's a good way to to hurt the local economy if we don't have enough parking and downtown i hear this a lot there's an issue with a lack of parking especially during times especially during summer when we have a ton of events going on so that is something that i think the port needs to take a look at is as we develop terminal one and you know let's have those conversations with the city um my understanding is we aren't having those conversations now and that's that's again that's in my tool chest let's talk to people let's get let's get the communication going because parking will become an issue long term if it isn't faced now i mean i look at it this way i was before i got into the risk management business i was in retail and i can tell you if i was in retail today and i was looking at locating my business my new business down at the terminal, and I knew that there was only going to be 40% parking available to anybody, I would hesitate because, you know, if you build it and you don't pr- provide that parking, people aren't going to come down. And it, it, your chances of success are going to be impacted. And I would hate to see that happen because it's going to be a beautiful project. It really is.
0: I want to ask you about something that you've mentioned a couple of times. You say that you're in the risk management business. Mm-hmm. And uh, so... Uh, with your with your insurance agency, what kind of insurance is it that you sell, and how does that relate to the port?
1: Well, I, I um, work with individuals, I work with businesses to make sure that the when, uh, risk management is 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 a very uh, interesting topic because if somebody hurts somebody, or somebody has, has an accident, um, or they get sued, um, the risk management part is making sure that they have enough liability coverage. Okay, so. One of the things that I do when I go into, for example, uh, a customer that owns a grocery store, I'll go in and inspect the store, and I'll see what kind of tripping hazards they have, or what kind of hazards they have as far as fire exposure. So um, I, I look at uh, air vents to see if there's dust, you know, and how well the, uh, those air vents are are maintained. I go through the kitchen, making sure that you know the kitchen's one clean, <laughs> and and that there's no fire hazards that they're inspected. their their fire extinguishers and things of that nature. So it's a matter of making sure that they're doing the things that they need to do to keep the building and the employees and the customers safe.
0: So uh, I do want to talk about the oil terminal, uh, Mm -hmm. just because that is really the divisive issue around this race and what has uh, popped it into the forefront for uh, races this year uh, locally. So Tesoro Savage, operating as the LLC Vancouver Energy, uh, is in the process of uh, trying to get past uh, the largest oil-by-rail transfer terminal um, in the country, I believe. Uh, and... It's not the
1: largest terminal, but it is the rail to ship.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, it has been very divisive, and uh, it does appear to be that this race is— tur- like the, the race two years ago for the port, uh, the race is turning out to be about this. So where do you stand on the oil terminal?
1: Well, the oil terminal is, is an issue. Um, it's you know, it's um, a part of our community that we all have to have a, uh, a discussion around. So um, our state, the state of Washington, the legislature has enacted uh, rules uh, of engagement, so to speak. Uh, the FSEC is that uh, body that was mandated by the legislature back in 1970. Um, that they are the group that determines how safe a project can be or would be for a community. So they're charged with making sure that the uh, environmental and socioeconomic impacts are acceptable and they're the experts. They have scientists. They have engineers. They, they listen to the public. They listen to special interest groups, environmentalist groups, and they do their homework to make sure that this is either safe and or not safe. Obviously, if it's safe, I think we should move forward with the economic benefits of having the project completed. If they come back and they say it's not safe, then we need to look at other opportunities and and move away from that terminal. I love, like I said, I love our community, I love our environment, and I want to do everything I can to protect it. I want our businesses and our families to live in a majestic, pristine area of the country like it is today um vancouver's been a train town for hundreds of years we're always going to have these trains coming through there's nothing that we can do no commissioner can stop the trains <laughs> um we we have an opportunity to take a look at the project through fsec's eyes if they approve it and the governor approves it they're the experts they're the ones that are saying it's safe then we should do it if they come back and they say no then we need to not do it um, and that's my stance. And I've already started working and talking with the other um, uh, businesses down at the port that can take advantage of Terminal Five's loop track that the 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 port has already invested and built. So it's a hundred. Terminal Five is one hundred and ten acres, right? Um, if, uh, if the oil terminal is built, it'll take up 44 acres. So there's another, um, you know, 70 so acres available. And I know the port is already in communication with a couple of different companies that are going to, you know, take up that, you know, that extra space. So it's, it's, uh, it's really important that we keep our eyes on the future of the port. It's not one issue. It's many issues that are going on down at the port. So my again my stance is let's let the process play out. That's that's what we all agree to as a community as a state. The state put that mechanism in place many years ago and it works. So we just need to make sure that process is completed. Whether it's good a good result or a bad result, you know, depending upon how you look at it. Because I know it is a divisive uh, a question, but we have to let that process play out because that's the fair thing to do. If we don't and we cut it short, like my opponent does not want that process to finish out. He wants to kill the project. What message does that send to any other industry or company that wants to move to our area? It sends a terrible message. It's- well, I,
0: want, I actually want to push back on that a little because I think it sends the message that if it's a, if it's a fossil fuel project that that it's a negative because that is fsec is specifically an energy siting uh yeah, energy facility they, they work siting.
1: with they work with solar wind mm-hmm. they work with any energy group um not it's not just fossil fuels
0: right but it is it is energy and so we do have the state process and it is underway because the port did mm-hmm. sign that lease mm-hmm. so uh a question that i have this is if say that it doesn't go through, say FSEC doesn't, doesn't approve it or the restrictions and changes they would want the energy company to make uh, are so great that they decide it isn't worth the expense. Mm-hmm. Um, would you be then going out and would you look for another uh, oil or coal uh, project to bring to Vancouver?
1: That would be something that our staff would, would do. Um, would I direct them to do that? Probably not. Um, I would look for other companies and other opportunities. We have this situation now, though, that we we need to deal with, and that's what they're... The chances are, you know, this could all be a moot point anyway. Um, we don't know what the governor's going to do. We don't know what FSEC's going to do. And there's a good chance that they can make their decision before the end of the year. We just don't know. Nobody knows. Um, but we have to have that backup plan. We have to know... If it doesn't come in, what are we going to do? Who are we going to talk to? And like I said, I've already started talking to the other tenants that are down there that are very interested in that loop track because that loop track um, has so much versatility and there's an opportunity there to really see additional businesses. Like like I told you, there's already two companies that are that the port is in conversation with about utilizing, um, a good portion of that loop track already. And that's, that's great because that's going to impact our ability to operate that port if more efficiently, obviously profitably and allow us to do uh, additional investments in the years to come.
0: Um, I do want to talk a little bit about ca- campaign finance. Uh, the port commission race is a really interesting one in the state of Washington because we have, uh, campaign finance restrictions and, and, and donation limits on nearly every race mm-hmm. in the state there. And they vary. Depending on what the race is, but uh, the Port Commission is one that doesn't have any uh, any restrictions on it. And while that has never really been an issue in the past, oh, uh, we started to has. see it. We started to see it a couple of years ago, yeah. um, and a lot of big donations came in, and we're seeing it this year. So uh, it is it it has come out that uh, Tesoro, Savage, and Vancouver Energy have donated. At this point, the last I saw was a total of two hundred and thirty thousand dollars to mm-hmm. your campaign. Correct. And I believe I was looking at the public disclosure records and I believe your campaign total is in the oh gosh, like two sixty, two seventy, yeah, somewhere that's like close. that. Yeah. Um, so that is a large <laughs> that it is a is. large chunk of your fundraising.
1: That's a great question. Thanks for asking. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm I'm proud of all my supporters. And I know my, uh, many of them are going to give again. Um, and that's great. Uh, obviously, with the information that um, is not out there, uh, with over 50% of the population not knowing what's going on at the port. Um, I need to spend money to get my word out. I've been misrepresented a bit in the media, and, and I'm going to change that.
0: How have you been misre- misrepresented?
1: Obviously, um, people have in the media have said that I'm for the terminal. I'm not campaigning for the terminal, never have. I have always been campaigning for the process to be completed. That doesn't mean I disagree with the terminal, as long as it's done safely. In fact, my first statement was, if they can do it safely, then we should do it. But if they can't do it safely, we shouldn't do it. And that getting that message out about, the, you know, my message, is it's it's very expensive. As you know, in the last race, the there a hundred thousand dollar in kind donation was made unbeknownst to anybody, um, and we just felt that you know we knew we were going to have monies come into our campaign too. We wanted to be transparent. We wanted to have that money out out front, not at the tail end, where we didn't have to disclose after the, the cutoff dates. Um, we just felt that, that I just felt that I needed to have that transparency. I wanted people to see and know that that was out. So there.
0: So did you approach the oil company for that money then? Is that what you're saying?
1: Did I approach them? Well, yeah, I approached everybody. Every, every person, every company that has donated to my campaign, yes, I went out and I asked for money. Um, that's what a, a candidate is right. supposed to do.
0: So how, when you say you need, you need uh, that money uh, to get your word out, how are you going to be spending those funds? Because at present, it doesn't look like you've spent very much.
1: Well, I'll be happy to answer any strategy and tactic questions after the race. I'm not going to talk about um, how we're going to spend money or anything of that nature at this time, keeping it under wraps.
0: Okay. It does seem that it's a little bit of a distinction without a difference to say that you're you're not for the oil terminal when you've received... I, I
1: didn't say that. I said I'm not campaigning for the oil terminal. I am campaigning for the process to be completed.
0: Okay, I <laughs> it still seems like a distinction without a difference to me. Mm-hmm. And when a single donor makes up 80 some percent of your total fundraising, uh it does begin to look like they uh have a very vested interest in uh in in you and your winning, which is above that is not illegal. That's above board. That is completely transparent. Transparent, and but we, it also does appear very transparent that this is a race that the oil companies um, really want you to win.
1: Well, of course they want me to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to build a terminal down at the port. But I'll tell you right now, Temple. The only thing that um, the, uh, Tesoro, a thirty-five year company in our in our area. The only thing we have in common is we want the process to be completed. They have no control over the outcome of that, of that process. The governor says no. Mm-hmm. The governor says no. Uh, and that's, that's, out of my bo- that's out of my purview. I can't make the governor say yes or no. FSEC has to say yes or no. I can't make them do that. None of us can. And the, they can't either. But they want somebody in there that's going to allow the process to complete. That's the bottom line. And that's, that's where I stand. So, you know, Tesoro has been in this community for over 35 years. They have literally um, provided over 1,000 family wage jobs. They have never had an accident down at the port. It doesn't stink. It doesn't smell. Uh, they run a very clean operation. They've literally had tens of millions of dollars of economic, economic benefit in our community. They are a local company a local business and they want to see our community prosper and grow. They live here. They have their their kids go to our schools. They operate businesses here. I mean th- that's what we're all about. We're all we should all be working together to 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 celebrate our community. And Protected as well. They don't, they don't, you know, they fish on the, I know employees of theirs fish on the river. They don't want to see anything happen to this river, the gorge. They don't want to have any, any negative safety issues, you know, happen where people get hurt. Nobody wants that. Mm-hmm. And I, I applaud the fact that they are so vocal on this particular race with the amount of money that they've given us to help us get the word out about what it is the port is all about. Our port is the large can be, and I hope it will be, the largest economic engine on the West Coast. What does that mean for all of us? It means it means a better way of life. That's what it does. It helps us to create more family wage jobs. And that's what it's all about. It's not just this one issue. There are so many things that can come out of this, you know for decades to come. And by building and developing those relationships, you know, after this race is over, I'll, I'll be working very hard to bring the community back together because we need to. So <laughs> I could expound on this forever.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, Chris, if we're coming to the end of our time, but if folks want to find out more about your race or your positions, uh, where can they go? What's your website?
1: My website is uh, com, and it's F-O-R for four and green has an e on the end so um i would like to take a minute or a second or two just to thank thank my sponsors um my the folks that have endorsed me all
0: right well chris green thank you so much for taking some time
1: anytime temple you know i love coming out and talking with you
0: and that's our show thanks so much for joining us i'm your host temple Lentz, and this has been hello vancouver To find out more about Hello Vancouver, visit our website, HelloVancouver.us, and be sure to check out our live stage shows in Vancouver, Washington, every other month. Hello Vancouver is produced by High Five Media.